0: Hello and welcome to Talking Opinions, I am Anthony Livingston-Hall. Volodymyr Zelensky has been on a crusade since day one of Putin's war. His existential mission has been not just to inform world leaders about the genocidal crimes Russians are committing against Ukrainians, but also to implore those leaders to finally honor their Holocaust pledge that never again will they stand by while evil men perpetrate another genocide. But it might be that ordinary people like you and me can do even more to effectuate Zelensky's mission than world leaders. We all know that Vladimir Putin has now closed an iron curtain of lies and disinformation around Russia. But getting through to ordinary Russians behind that curtain might be the most effective way to end his war. And the only thing that requires is making an old-fashioned telephone call to Russia. But first, A word about that pledge, because you'd be hard-pressed to find a more solemn pledge that has been more routinely broken, with more genocidal consequences. More to the point, it speaks volumes that the rogues' gallery of those who have paid mere lip service to it includes U.S. presidents, a.k.a., leaders of the free world namely jimmy carter as genocide raged in cambodia in 1979 ronald reagan as genocide raged in iraq in 1984 george hw bush as genocide raged in bosnia in 1991 Bill Clinton, as genocide raged in Rwanda in 1993. George W. Bush, as genocide raged in Darfur in 2003. Barack Obama, as genocide raged in Afghanistan in 2011. Donald J. Trump, as genocide raged in Myanmar in 2018, and Joe Biden as genocide raged in China in 2021. Those are just the most notorious cases, but I cite them because they explain why Zelensky is just preaching to the proverbial choir. To his credit, though, He said as much while addressing the UN Security Council on Tuesday, because he bemoaned that the roving insecurity which this litany of genocides and the one now unfolding in Ukraine all reflect, make the organization unworthy, even of its name. But regular readers of my blog know that I've been condemning US Presidents and the UN Security Council for nearly 20 years for standing by as genocides raged. In fact, I have laced far too many commentaries with condemnation to count. But the following titles alone are probably damning enough, namely, Genocide in DR Congo Rwanda with a Vengeance, on April 6, 2005. Darfur says, thanks America, but the genocide is done, on March 14, 2006. South Sudan, another genocide developing in Africa, on December 19, 2016, and Myanmar Cleansing Rohingyas, like Sudan, cleanse Darfurians, remember them? On August 30, 2017. Of course, the Germans have always professed a special duty to honour this pledge. Therefore, nothing betrays the world's intent to do too little, too late, to prevent this genocide, too. Quite like Germans bitching about having to ration gas from elsewhere, if moral imperative compels them to cut off gas from Russia. And don't get me started on Americans bitching about having to pay higher prices for gas or on Italians pleading for sympathy, for what they would have us believe is their Sophie's choice between getting gas from Russia to air-condition their homes, or cutting off gas from Russia to help win world peace. After all, these would clearly be small sacrifices to make, Not just to support the Ukrainians, who are fighting for the democratic freedoms we all cherish, but also to stand in solidarity with the millions of displaced Ukrainians, whose homes Russians are bombing to smithereens, and not to mention the thousands of Ukrainians, who Zelensky says Russians are shooting, like animals, on safari. We all saw the images from Bucha this week that conjured up images from Buchenwald during World War II. And the Ukrainians are duly reinforcing the Holocaust symmetry. This by alerting the world to the mobile crematoria the Russians are using in a vain attempt to cover up their genocidal crimes in places like Mariupol, which the Ukrainians are calling the New Auschwitz. Of course Russia denies everything, insisting the images of war crimes are all fake. But forget propaganda, because Putin has so indoctrinated Russian politicians with projecting and gaslighting lies. They really have no compunction about blaming Ukrainians for war crimes they know the whole world has seen them committing. And forget rogue nation, because Russia is a psychopathic and therefore extremely dangerous one. It's high-time countries like Germany. Wise up and begin treating it as such. But you get the point. Putin is the new Hitler. His Putsis, the new Nazis. Never mind that the diabolical Putin seems to relish the analogies, because only that explains him having his willing executioners sport their own Z swastikas. Anyway, for more on how Putin's war has unfolded to date, I refer you to blog commentaries like Israel shuns Ukraine but begs US to spare Russian oligarch on March 2 NATO fires over Polish jets to Ukraine, undermining Article 5 on March 9 and Advisers lied to Putin because war in Ukraine not going to plan, on April 4. And in podcast episodes like Russian Invasion of Ukraine, on February 26. Long before Ukraine, fratricidal conflict raged in Ethiopia, on March 13 and Putin, G, the Patriarch, and Gay Hoops Star, on March 26. This brings me to what you and I can do, besides adorning social media pages in Ukrainian yellow and blue. <laughs> God bless those who heeded Zelensky's call to arms by literally travelling to Ukraine to join the fight. And, of course, if, like me, you live in a NATO country, we can all take pride in the comprehensive support that organisation is providing. (laughs) Granted, Zelensky is continually chiding NATO for not providing enough fast enough And why he chides, even as NATO provides, is perfectly understandable. But there is no denying the indispensable role it has played in Ukrainian forces handing the presumptively invincible Russian army humiliating defeats on battlefields all over Ukraine. Even so, if you're like everyone I know, the unbridled outrage you feel looking at the gruesome images of Putin's war crimes is probably suffused with feelings of utter fecklessness. I know even the many commentaries I've published, championing the heroic fight of the Ukrainians, have provided little consolation in this respect. As it happens, though, one of those commentaries heralded a call to action that even you might be able to take. That commentary is titled, Women in Russia can Stop War in Ukraine, from March 5. In it, I urged every woman in Russia who is related to a member of Putin's jack-booted police force, to join the front lines of anti-war protests and dare their relatives to arrest them. I suggested that, if their relative is sent to another city to arrest women there, they should warn that relative to beware that Putin will have his police doing to them what they are doing to women in that other city. I thought this would be far more effective than the Lysistrata ploy of merely denying sex, which the women of Greece deployed to stop the Peloponnesian War in the Aristophanes farce. But something was clearly lost in translation because it did not work. Which brings me to that call to action for you to become actively engaged in this fight for Ukraine's sovereignty and, by extension, the fight to preserve democracy. CallRussia.org is a global initiative that has one simple purpose, which its founders explain as follows. We want Russian-speaking people, calling random people in Russia, explaining what is going on in Ukraine. The only people who can stop this war are Russian citizens. This war is happening in the name of the Russian people and no Russian people want this war. So one of the ways to act against it is to pick up a phone, call someone in Russia and explain what is really happening, because they don't know. They simply don't know. Quote. So, if you speak Russian, consider this your clarion call to join the fight. Again, the site is callrussia.org. It's very easy to navigate, complete with information and instructions on making your calls. If you do not speak Russian but know people who do, please urge them to go to the site and call Russia on your behalf if necessary. Trust me, I can personally attest that it's very gratifying to get through to Russians who have no clue what genocidal crimes Putin is committing in Ukraine in their name. But if all of that seems too, a uh, foreign, you can still help this worthy cause by going to the site callrussia.org to simply donate. Much is being made about holding Putin and his putzies accountable for being so hell-bent on committing war crimes that rivaled those Hitler and his Nazis committed. I have no doubt that some captured military leaders will spend the rest of their lives in prison, but I fear it will take a revolution to bring Putin and others now ensconced in Russia to justice. Nothing betrays this quite like the first trial opening just this week for anyone charged for the war crimes committed in Darfur two decades ago. Even so, as a matter of principle, Putin and his Putsis must be charged. But I am mindful that Putin's state-sponsored doping program to cheat at the Olympics had already made Russian athletes international pariahs. Now, the genocidal crimes he's lording over in Ukraine will cause ordinary Russians, a.k.a. Putin's willing executioners, with their Z swastikas, to be treated like skunks everywhere they go, for generations to come. I have written a number of commentaries expressing utter dismay at the failure of a Russian Stauffenberg to prevent Putin from even ordering the genocide now unfolding in Ukraine. And so, forgive me for feeling no sympathy for Russians who are now blithely choosing to live in a North Korean style dystopia. But I am also mindful that the experts all say Putin is hell-bent on conquering Ukraine to seal his legacy as one of the great Russians like Peter the Great and Catherine the Great. However, that he has to kill or arrest so many Russians just to stay in power makes clear that they will be dancing on his grave sooner than Iraqis began dancing on Saddam Hussein's. And we all recall the unspeakable crimes against humanity Saddam perpetrated in a vain attempt to seal his legacy as one of the great Babylonians like Hammurabi and Nebuchadnezzar. As for that legacy, Putin clearly thinks he's immortal, but he will die soon enough. Unfortunately, in the meantime, he is planting seeds for conflict between Ukrainians and Russians that will make the sectarian conflict Sunnis and Shias have been waging for a thousand years look like a Backyard Brawl. That's it. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to contact me, I invite you to email antonyhall279 at gmail.com or use the contact feature on my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.